0: Um, I have spent some time praying this week. Um, maybe that's a, a relief to you that you have a pastor who prays. Um, yeah, every now and then, you know. Um, I, I actually, you know, I, I try to cultivate the practice of, of praying, not just daily, but constantly throughout the day. I mean, Ann and I start and end each day in prayer together, um, but, but then just cultivating an, 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 an attitude of God's immediacy. And his interest in everything, I haven't got it down yet, I haven't got it down yet. And maybe you're here this morning and you're going to say, well, good for you, um, but I have to say I'm really just not the, the praying sort, um, what, what, have you spent any time praying lately? Um, maybe you've watched a newscast and thought, oh my goodness, anyone here from British Columbia <laughs> running from virus? We had, we, had a, we had a couple with us uh, this morning um, who were here from Florida they've left the home behind and left it in God's care and it's in the eye of the storm and uh, a couple of hours from now they'll find out, you know, the kind of condition it's in. Um, yeah, the, the interesting thing about prayer to me, one of many, is that it's universal. Like, virtually everyone prays. Like, whether or not they, they claim to be religious or, or not, there comes a time in, in, in virtually every person's life, when, when they realize that they don't have all knowledge, they don't have all power, that, that there's something that they're facing that is greater than they are. And maybe like that wonderful AA program where there's an acknowledgement that I, I had to turn to someone a power greater than myself in order to affect hope and, and help and, and healing in my life. And, and so whether it's a, a hurricane that's that's pressing down with winds of destruction, or it's the, the earthquake off the coast that's threatening to send a tsunami, or, or the winds have changed and the fires are now headed in the wrong direction, and we find ourselves before forces that clearly are greater, clearly are more powerful than we are, and... If, and, and many will turn and say, God help. Lord, if you were there, help. We sometimes refer to these as, as foxhole prayers, right? You know, that. And, and no way at all do I intend on unlocking or minimizing that. Many people in that kind of circumstance have found themselves eventually coming back and saying, but who, who was it that I was addressing in that moment of distress? Because the beautiful thing about the human condition is that that we ultimately recognize, there's this, so, so it's either this, it's either a recognition of the, the, the hope and the expectation that there is someone or something that, that is able to do something about the mess that we find ourselves in. Or, or maybe it's just a vague notion, maybe it's just a faint hope. But we reach out and ask. And say, if you're real, if you're there, would you? Um, praying is such a, a very human thing to do. It, it, don't you find it interesting how our leaders, if if they don't call us to prayer, I'm talking about national leaders, if they don't call us to prayer, they at least use words like you are praying for or... There's an acknowledgement, whether it's in the face of hurricanes or in the face of the latest devastation that some deranged person has brought because it brought violence against a group of people. And we see our leaders, too, acknowledging that they, though they have their fingers on the reins of enormous power, find themselves at the end of what they can truly manage. So, I think the question that I was hoping to, to just briefly address this morning was, can we do better than that the Facebook posting that maybe you've received, as I have, that says something like, sending you love and warm thoughts. Now I appreciate the sentiment. I really do. But can we do better than the vagueness of kind of a higher power that is nameless and, and, and personalityless? And Jesus said yes. Jesus said, yes, we can do better than that, much, much better than that. And Jesus modeled for us that we can have a dynamic conversation with the creator and the sustainer of the universe. Jesus modeled for us that we can live in a vibrant, dynamic, two-way conversation with God himself, and what's even more astounding is, that dynamic two-way conversation is ongoing, and we're invited to join it. We're going to talk about that more next Sunday. We're going to spend the next few Sundays talking about prayer, specifically looking to Jesus. How did Jesus pray? Next Sunday we're going to look at a prayer, the prayer that He prayed, or as He approached the hours and the minutes that preceded his greatest duress in his life. What did Jesus pray when he saw the storm coming? When he had an idea of what was before him, what did he pray, what words did he use, why did he use those? And knowing that, his disciples were listening on. What was he wanted them to learn from the experience? We're going to look at that next week. But let's not kind of sell ourselves short this morning. Let's make a, a start on it, if we could. And uh, we, because we've invited people from kind of, you know, all, perhaps all walks of life, and I hope that any and every Sunday, that, that that if you're here and you're not the praying sort, that you would you would be welcome among us, that you feel welcome among us, that, that, that we, you know, who are followers of Jesus, would feel welcome and, and be encouraged to bring people who... Maybe aren't the praying sort, but maybe if that's where you're at, maybe this morning the invitation would be, why don't you try? Why don't you try it? Maybe it's something as simple as, God, if you're real, would you show me? That's a pretty simple prayer, isn't it? Would you show me? So, so not with, um, not with the attitude that would, uh, that would be demanding. Okay, I'm not the boss of him. You know, we're not the boss of him. So it's, it's, it's in humility saying, would you show me? Uh, amen. Uh, amen is, if you, if you heard that attached to prayers, it, it, it means, um, I agree. Particularly like, helpful in this kind of setting, I agree. Um, let it be, may it be so, uh, It's kind of the idea behind the amen. Uh, but Lord, if you're real, would you show me? Amen. Maybe that's your prayer this morning. I suspect there are many, of us maybe all of us here would say, you're not can be better than that. I can go further than that. Maybe, maybe there would be some value in looking at what has come to be known as the Lord's Prayer. And I suspect that the majority of us know uh, that prayer. Maybe the kids know this prayer. If you don't, maybe explain kids as an opportunity for you to begin to know a prayer that Jesus prayed, and it's actually recorded twice for us in the Gospels. The first time it happens is in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, and Jesus is teaching a crowd, and uses that prayer by way of example of how they could pray. The second time that it's recorded is in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, when Jesus' disciples came to him and said, look, we want you to teach us how to pray. And he came back to this same same prayer. and if there's kind of a couple ways we can use it, too, for the Lord's Prayer. We can, we can pray it by rote. We can pray it verbatim. We can use the words Jesus used and pray them. The other thing we can do is we can, we can use it as kind of a model. Follow the sequence that He uses. So I'll come back to that in just a minute. So, so the prayer, you, you probably know this. Our Father who art in heaven. So I, I know I've got the modern English one up here um, out of the new international version. But if you're anything of my vintage at all, we kind of grew up on the King James version of this prayer, didn't we? You know, who art in heaven? I used to have to try to figure out, is art in heaven? Who um, is this art that we keep talking about? Um, let me just offer a little bit of commentary maybe between the lines of this prayer, and then we're going to pray it together. And if you'd like to speak the words out loud as we come into each line, then you're welcome to as well. Um First thing we say that Christianity is not rocket science. Christianity is relationship, and Jesus indicates for us the one to whom we are invited to pray. He is our Father in heaven. Well, it doesn't get any more personal than than Father, as one to whom we would address our prayers. So, to those who would say or would think that perhaps uh, that, that prayers, faint hopes, go up to sort of some hierarchy, some structure in the universe, some impersonal force. Jesus said, actually, it's it's as personal as it gets. The biblical picture of fatherhood is one who loves, and cares for his children. One who has empathy and compassion for them, and is interested in, in meeting the needs that his children have that wants to protect and nurture his children. He is our Father in Heaven. This is the one Jesus directed us to pray towards. Our Father in Heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, That word hallowed means to... We're declaring His name to be holy. We're reminding ourselves that His name is holy, that He indeed is is set apart. May your name be revered for what it truly is. And this is a good reminder to us that as we're coming to pray, we're praying to one who is all-powerful, one who is revered, is right and fitting, that we, and in our coming to Him, we must come in, in humility. We must come recognizing that we are submitting ourselves to Him. Um, another fact of Christianity is that Christianity is not information to be mastered, it's submitted to the one who must master me. And maybe you haven't thought about it this way before, but the prayer ultimately, and maybe first all, <coughs> is an acknowledgement of powerlessness. Uh, you know, I, I could hear you singing, but aren't those who have a vibrant, living prayer life, aren't they the powerful ones? Aren't they the ones plugged into the source? And the answer is sort of yes. But prayer begins by an acknowledgment of powerlessness. On this idea of of, uh, power being present in prayer, I was staying with some friends recently and um, was a little bit, um, I guess embarrassed is the right word to say, um, because he kept going on about what an honor it was to have pastors staying at home, and, um, and and even at one point referred to me as as, as having a holy man with them, and I uh, like oh hang I mean, on I put my pants on one leg at a time just like you you know and yet the reality is I am a holy man. Anyone who has turned to Jesus and, and acknowledged that we have a need for him in our life, confessing our sin, repenting and turning from that sin, in order to follow God, uh, we're told that the Spirit of God, God himself comes to live within us and dwell within us. And he makes us holy. And it's not about title pastor. It's about a, a prayer engagement that begins in humility as each one of us re- are required to come to him. And then him living in us, what makes us holy is him radiating out of us. And, and there's an imperfection in us, Sometimes it's pretty new to me. Sometimes sometimes it's not an awful lot of light that gets seen out of me. But but as I press into him and pursue him, desiring that with increasing transparency, his light in me would, would become radiant to the world around. That is what makes you and I as followers of Jesus holy. We've begun by acknowledging our powerlessness and submitting to him who is holy, humbling ourselves before him. The next lines kind of pick up on that theme. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Now now, now note the humility that is required in that line as well. Your kingdom come, not only my kingdom. Your will be done, not my will. And then the next line is so practical. Give us today our daily bread. I love the fact that Jesus, as he as he teaches the crowds or teaches his disciples to pray, is indicating right up in front, you know what? Yes, he is our Father. Yes, he is holy. Yes, his kingdom and will are what we desire to see manifest among us here, and he is interested in the details of your life. He's interested in, in the food that needs to be on your table and the roof that needs to be over your head. Because he is a father, there is loving care and concern for you. And, and so as we think about this, we can pray this uh, verbatim. We can follow the words, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We can pray the words specifically. Or we can take it as a model. Where we say, okay, I'm going to begin with worship when I come to prayer. Father, in heaven, hallowed be. I want your name to be revealed. I want your kingdom to come. But, Lord, I'm seeing ways that... that your rule and reign and your will in my life needs to be effective. We pray about that specifically. And then we can come to this request for the practical needs. Now, now, I suspect that you, like me, can be kind of inclined to jump straight to the requests. Lord, i got this need. I've got this need, too. And we're welcome to bring them. That's the point Jesus is making here. But if we follow the pattern that Jesus is providing for us, There's an invitation to make prayer broader and deeper than just a list of requests. Beginning with worship, beginning with a declaration of who he is, beginning and moving to a desire that his his kingdom would come, his will would be done in our lives, and we can talk about the specifics of that. He cares for us, he loves us, and it's because of this father relationship, it's because of that that then we can also come to the next line, which gets super vulnerable. That's where he invites us to pray and forgive us our debts. So it's another word for sin. As we forgive those who trespass against us. There we go, hold on again. As we forgive our debtors, those who sinned against us. Well, there is a moment for pause, is it not? In our, in our time of prayer. As we would acknowledge that there are still things in my life that need to be confessed as sin. And there are those who have sinned against me. And Jesus is calling us to forgive them for the sins that they conspire against us. And he goes on to say, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, now there is a reason for, oh my goodness, my device is going crazy here. Uh, there is a reason for the brokenness Sin that is going on in our world, and, and there is an evil one. Jesus words here, who is at work conspiring against the purposes of God. Now he is not God's evil in any stretch of the word, but he is effective at tempting human beings into into sin, into despair. He is not into temptation. Um, he is effective at, at manifesting evil in its in its fullest form, in its most horrific form. And he is affected at complicating through the brokenness of the world that that has come because of our sin. You see, we have given him license through through the the, the sin in our lives, through that first sin in the garden and ever since. And he takes whole horrific advantage of that. God's creation intended to show the beauty and wonder and mystery of who He is. Still does, but in veiled form. And so it, our, our earth convulses under hurricanes and earthquakes and forest fires that threaten, and and we see a muted, a muted appreciation for the glory that is His. So let me. Invite us to put this all together. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back and to join us. We're going to lead a song in just a minute. But why don't you stand with me? And we're going to put this all together. We're going to pray these words of Jesus and then we're going to add that traditional, the traditional ending, which you maybe have come to be familiar with. Uh, thine what's the ending? The kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. No. For thine is the kingdom, power and glory forever and ever. Amen. Too much, too much syrup, Tim, thank you. Uh, that was your, it was in the King James Version, probably is not original. And so it doesn't show up in the... In a, but it's a wonderful conclusion to the prayer, completely legitimate, that we would pray it together, uh, join with the ancient church in, in, in praying it. So let's, us, pray this together. Let's not just read words, but if you know it off by heart, certainly don't need them, but the words are on the screen. But let's be intentional about speaking it as prayer. To our Father. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us To, um, maybe these are days when we need to learn to pray better. Days when um, we see and we feel the threat to the world around us. And we know that above and beyond all we need, to, we need to become more proficient in walking with talking with the one who is our God. Creator. So I'm gonna leave us in a that is a prayer. Let's sing it together.